Quite simply, we lose when we disobey the Lord. We see this issue since the beginning of mankind. Why do we have all the issues we have today in the world? Because very simply, man disobeyed the Lord. They didn't choose to follow very simple instructions. They trusted more in the words of a lesser being and in what they thought was acceptable and or pleasing than God himself. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. We'll be talking about today that God desires for us to obey him. Obeying is probably one of the simplest concepts that exist, yet it can also be the hardest thing for many people to do, especially when it comes to the things of God. We open ourselves up to diverse consequences, both temporary and eternal, depending on who or what we choose to obey. If we choose to obey the devil, the world, and sin, we will bring about destruction and death to our lives. But if we choose to obey the Lord, we will gain eternal life and reward through Jesus Christ. Today's message is inspired in the first book of Samuel, chapter 15, verses 1 to 23. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name, Lord God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, O Lord God. Blessed are you, O Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace, O Lord, for you are truly gracious, O Lord, and loving to us in many different ways. Blessed are you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his sacrifice. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you may please forgive us for all of our sins, for all of our wrongs. Heavenly Father, do not take them into account, Lord God. I pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us to be attentive to your word, to your will, to your desire, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to be obedient to you and to understand that that is the way that we please you, Lord God, and that we invite eternal life and blessing into us. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, to you be all the honor and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's key passage can be found in the first book of Samuel, chapter 15, verses 1 to 23. This is the word of the Lord. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them. But kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen and the fatlings, the lambs and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. 
Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me, and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself, and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek, and I have destroyed utterly the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, and the best of the things which should have utterly been destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. In today's passage, we see that God had great plans for Saul, but his disobedience undid all of the things that God would have wanted to do with Saul. Disobedience to the Lord ruined Saul's opportunities for greatness. Saul was the first one to have gotten the opportunity for his descendants to have reigned in Israel perpetually. But not doing as the Lord told him to do, cast that opportunity away. If Saul would have obeyed, the Messiah would have come through him and not through David who succeeded him. And so Saul not only lost out on an incredible opportunity through his lifetime, but more importantly, he lost out from becoming a pivotal person in time that would have impacted the future of the entire human race. He lost immeasurably because of his disobedience to the Lord. Obeying the Lord is one of the most fundamental things in our Christian faith. It is truly impossible to please God without obeying Him because it is related to faith, as we will see later on. A person will not go far at all if they do not obey God. When there is no obedience to the Lord, it cannot be taken as something neutral. It's just not possible. When we don't obey the Lord, we're ultimately defying Him. It's as simple as that. One of the things that obedience represents is a measure of how much we value God. Let's think about this for a moment with our human relationships. What can be said if a person doesn't obey their mother or father? How about when a person does not obey the law? How about not obeying a professor or a teacher at school? How about when a person doesn't do as their boss or supervisor tells them to do? 
When we disobey our parents, it's a sign of disrespect. When someone tells you don't do such and such and you go ahead and do it, you are sending a clear message that you don't value them, that you are disregarding their instructions. You are showing dismissal. Some might say, I think you're exaggerating or taking things to an extreme. Okay, let's turn the tables then. How would you feel or what would you think if you gave specific instructions to someone and they just went ahead and did whatever they wanted? You'd probably be upset. You would probably feel like you're not being taken seriously. In my secular job, I have people in companies that report directly to me and I have to tell you, if the folks that are under my supervision don't do as I tell them, either verbally or in writing, there will be problems and vice versa. If I don't do specific things my boss tells me to do or not do, they can become big problems very quickly. Just like if I don't keep our clients happy and that could become very problematic also. The entire premise for supervision or management is obedience. And likewise, we're all customers in one way or another. We all go to different stores or restaurants and we spend money based on the fact that people do as we ask them to do for us. What if you go to a restaurant and you ask for a beef sandwich and instead of you getting a beef sandwich, they give you a salad. Are you going to pay them? Are you going to leave a nice tip for them? I doubt it. How about if you are a lady and you went to a stylist and you asked them to style your hair a certain way and maybe even do a little coloring because you have a special event to go to. And rather than doing like you asked them, they shaved your head. Would you pay them? I think you would be upset, right? So you see this notion of obedience is everywhere and it is extremely important. Obedience shows how much a person values another by the way they obey. Everyone owes a measure of obedience to others in one way or another. Obedience is what makes coexistence and order possible within our society. Now, if it is important to obey as a society among people that are just like you and me, how much more critical do you think it is to obey the God of the universe? How much respect do we show God through our obedience? Does he see respect or dismissal? Does he see reverence or rebellion? What does God see from us? This is what God said in one instance about those that served him as priests. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what have we despised your name? So you see, God does not take disobedience lightly because it is a deep sign of disrespect or dismissal. Your level of disobedience shows God how much you value or don't value him. Another aspect that obedience is related to is faith. Our obedience to God shows our measure of faith. Why is that? Because we always have to remember who God is. God is God. He is the supreme being of the universe. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is none higher. Now, can we see the Lord? No. We can see everything he has done, including allowing for each and every one of us to exist and be listening to this message at this very moment. But we cannot visually see him personally. The only way we can believe in him is through faith. Faith is what makes it possible to believe and know the Lord. And our level of faith is shown by our obedience. The more a person believes that the Lord is God, the more they will obey him. Why? Because the more a person understands who the Lord is, 
then the more seriously they will take what he says to do or not do. When a person understands who the Lord is, then they will understand that he holds the greatest position of authority in the universe. In the same manner, the more a person understands who the Lord is, then they will understand how much he knows and that he can be trusted. God knows what he's doing. It is impossible for us as humans to understand the universe and all of its intricacies. Our scientists have theories, but they cannot conclusively explain or know everything in the universe and how it all exists. The definition of creation is to make something out of nothing. We cannot do that. Only God can. That's why God made the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, to explain to us how everything began for mankind, but also to speak of the work he did and that he made all things. Just by looking at the things created, we can see the greatness of who God is. And again, when a person starts to understand just who God is, then that is when faith starts to grow and what makes obedience possible. The other aspect that we need to look at is that we should do as God tells us to do no matter what. Why should we do that? One of the main things that is critical to take into consideration is that we will never be able to understand how all things work and why they are what they are in our temporary and limited human form. But one thing is certain, and that is that understanding is not necessarily a requirement for obedience. How many things do we do or not do without fully understanding the why or reason for them? How many decisions do we make without even knowing what will happen in the next five minutes? And so if we are able to make daily uninformed decisions, or at least with very limited information, then it should not be hard to consider obeying God, even when we don't understand the reason or the why of things. That's why the word teaches us that we need to become like children with the Lord. A child doesn't understand everything a parent tells them to do or not do. They can't. It's impossible. And many times there's no time for an explanation. And what good would explaining things to children be if they can't even make complete sentences when they're really young? This reminds me when I got rather creative and nearly burned the house down when I was a small child. I don't remember exactly what happened because I was too small, but my mother told me what I did. The story is that one day I decided to pretend to imitate my mother cooking on the stove. And I got the bright idea of turning all of the burners on in the gas stove and I put newspaper on it, pretending like I was cooking food. She smelled gas in the house and ran to the kitchen and that is when she caught me doing my newspaper cuisine, if you will. She, of course, told me sternly that I should never do this ever again. If she wouldn't have noticed so quickly, this would be a completely terrible story. But when she told me never to do it again, she didn't explain to me why it was a bad idea. She didn't explain to me the explosiveness of gas, the flammability of newspaper, and how everything could have exploded, the physical harm and financial ruin I would have created, and so on. I was like two or three years old. Even if she would have sat me down and given me a lecture of why it was a bad idea, it would have done no good. I was not capable of understanding everything, even if she would have explained it all to me. She told me what was necessary at the moment, that I shouldn't do something like that ever again, and I never did it again. This is the same concept with the Lord. There are many things that God just doesn't get into the mechanics of why or why not. So he puts things in simple terms and establishes guidelines through his word. There are things that can be explained, and there are things that cannot be explained. And we should be able to accept and just do without explanation because he is who he is, and he knows what he's doing. There are so many things that we do each and every day that we just don't know and cannot explain or understand. 
but that does not prevent us from doing or not doing them or believing or not believing things. Let's put things in a way that helps us get through this I have to understand something before accepting it mentality through everyday examples. Why do we go to the doctor? Because we are trusting this individual that has gone through many years of schooling and training to be able to have sufficient knowledge to know how to deal with a certain condition. Why do we go to a mechanic? A mechanic is not a doctor, yet doctors take their cars to the mechanic all the time because they need to get their cars fixed by someone that has enough knowledge to do something that they neither know of or understand the details. So why can't we trust the Lord with everything when he has made all things? Nothing exists without a say-so. And so if he made everything and he knows everything and he can do anything, Aren't those enough conditions met so we can just do what he tells us to do without understanding every little thing? And finally, what happens when we disobey the Lord? Quite simply, we lose when we disobey the Lord. We see this issue since the beginning of mankind. Why do we have all the issues we have today in the world? Because very simply, man disobeyed the Lord. They didn't choose to follow very simple instructions. They trusted more in the words of a lesser being and in what they thought was acceptable and were pleasing than God himself. They thought more of themselves and someone of lesser value than the one that created everything and gave them everything. Did God lose? No. Mankind lost. Mankind brought death to creation and to themselves thanks to their disobedience. God made everything good, but disobedience ruined everything. God made life, but disobedience brought death and destruction. And ever since then, we have seen more and more of what disobedience brings about in all of mankind, including in our own lives. We have brought pain and suffering into our own lives because of our own disobedience to the Lord in one way or another. And of course, others have inflicted pain and suffering on us in one way or another because they chose to disobey the Lord. So in the end, disobedience to the Lord only brings hardship, destruction, pain, and ultimately death to all those that persist in it, something that God never wanted for us to go through. That's what many people don't understand. And they think that God is just trying to keep them from something better or that he is just trying to deprive them from things just because. His word, his instruction brings about life, eternal life. That's why it is ultimately in our best interest to do just as he says, because he wants only what is good for us, especially in eternity. That is why God ultimately desires for us to obey him because he loves us. God loves you and me, and obeying him is what is best for us. Obeying the Lord is ultimately something that produces life in us and in those around us. When we obey the Lord by first acknowledging the reality of who he is and what he has done, that is when the most important thing in our lives happens. A new birth, a new beginning, an opportunity to gain eternal life through Jesus Christ. When we acknowledge and repent and convert from all of our sins, we are obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Our conscience tells us what we do wrong, but the Holy Spirit prompts us to not only know when we are doing wrong, but also to change and to turn away from sin, ultimately to turn away from death. So when we obey the Holy Spirit, 
that opens the door for the most important acknowledgement and acceptance that is required for salvation, and that is accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we accept Jesus as the Lord of our lives, we're only obeying an irrefutable reality. The only difference is that we are voluntarily submitting our lives to the one that is the ultimate authority in the universe. So you see, coming to the Lord for salvation is ultimately in obedience, by acknowledging and accepting realities. When we come into obedience, then we are making a decision that will yield eternal life. And from then on, if we continue to obey the Word of God through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we will inherit eternal life and great and eternal rewards that only God Almighty can grant. This is what ultimately the Word of God says. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory honor and immortality but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the jew first and also of the greek and so i would encourage you for your own good to obey god so that god can grant to you through the lord jesus christ eternal life because that is what he does with those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessed are you, O Lord God, because Heavenly Father, you didn't leave us aimlessly in the world. You gave us, O Lord God, your word. You gave us your Holy Spirit, Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord God, you have provided us clear direction, Lord God. And above that, Lord God, you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could have salvation and mercy and grace through him, Lord God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be restored, so that our lives can be changed forever and ever, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand that the only way to salvation is to do as you tell us to do, to obey your words, to obey your will, Lord God, to look to do what you want us to do, Heavenly Father. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may help us, O Lord, to be able to have an open mind and open understanding, Lord God, to be able to be malleable in your hands, Lord God, to be able to be soft and willing, Lord God, to listen and to want to be able to do what you want us to do. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because we don't have to depend on ourselves for this, but we can depend on you. We can depend on your Holy Spirit. We can depend on the instruction of your word, Lord God to know what is right and wrong, and to be able to have the strength to do it, Lord God. Heavenly Father, please always remember us in your mercy, but please always help us to remember that doing what you tell us to do is what is best. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website, if you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.
The Lord is near. May God bless you.